Hi, Nora. Hi, Daddy. How are you? Good. Good. Hey, what kind of music do you like?、Mm, organ song. Welcome to Beyond the Band. We are back from our winter hiatus, and we're back in a big way. My guest today is an immensely talented singer, songwriter, guitarist, really a true artist in every sense of the word. You can find him performing all over Southern Oregon, solo and with his rock band, Black Lung Riot. I love that name. <laughs> his latest album, Neptune, was released last summer. It's a genuine treasure. You have to listen to it. Adam Gabriel, welcome to Beyond the Band. Thanks for having me, man. That's quite an intro. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I I really try to put some work into those. <laughs> I can tell. Thank you. <laughs>、um, and I I I think it's important for people to know who you are, how to find you right from the、mm-hmm. get go. You know. Yeah.、Um, so, absolutely. So you describe your style as acoustic soul. Yeah. Tell me about that.、Um, let's see here. I guess I guess it's.、Um, I mean, it's always difficult to find a box for your own music, you know. Because I listen to so many different things, from you know James Taylor and Jim Croce all the way to you know Marilyn Manson and、uh, you know Rage Against the Machine. It's just stuff that I genuinely just love, you know.、Um, but、um, when I try to sit back and just objectively listen to my own stuff,、um, and also have a vision for where what I really want it to sound like and where I want it to go. I wanted to find a way to combine、um, just the raw acoustic sound、um, in with like this some of the some of the soul music that I love. Like I I love Ray Charles, you know, and it's like man, if I could sound like Ray Charles <laughs> with an acoustic guitar, that would be just just the, the, the pinnacle of the sound that I would go for for doing solo stuff, you know.、Um, so. Um, acoustic soul is really it's it's where I want to be somewhere、um, somewhere shy of、um, what is his name like I, not not、um, Jack Johnson or, or John Mayer but like with that acoustic feel but something a little more soulful in the in the, the vocals you know something that just you can listen to and, and hear like down in your guts. Versus, like, oh, it's a white guy singing, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I loved it. That it really spoke to me because、um, it, it is hard for people, I think, to to define their sound. Yeah.、Um, well, and, there's there's this automatic resistance to it, right? For any artist, like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be right considered, you know.、Um, A country singer or a country、mm-hmm. artist, or I don't want to be considered, you know, like whatever it is. People say people come up to me all the time and be, "Oh, you sound like so and so," and I'd be like, "Thank you." Sometimes, <laughs> you know, in my head, I'm thinking, "Shit, Damn it. <laughs> am I allowed to cuss on this?" this oh,、podcast? absolutely. Okay. I, any, is, any words that are off limits? No, there、about? are no words. In okay, fact,、um, you should go back and listen to.、Um, I don't. Do you know Sandy Fika? His name sounds really familiar. Drummer from Firefall, but he lives locally, yeah, yeah, yeah. and、yeah. um, he told the best story, and it's it is as far from G-rated as you can get about、okay. when he first hooked up with the Drifters.、Um, yeah. So no, I marked the E on purpose so we can just no, absolutely、okay. no.、All、this right, is、good. a <laughs> this is a、uh, free to to speak your mind show. But yeah, but I love that, and yet and yet you. So what I love about you is you can sit in. 
a room at a winery and just, you know, command it by yourself for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. But you've got this, I was looking at videos of the Black Lung Riot, this yeah, rock yeah. group. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't, in my mind, I'm like, this is not, this does not compute. And yet it does. I mean, talk about the, the rock thing too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I've, it's been a passion of mine to, to really just have a voice, a rock voice, you know, not just in my singing, but just in the music. I wanted to write stuff like that. Um, and I joined a band in uh, Eugene for a little while uh, called Righteous Mess. And I that's that. probably the most accurate name we could have, because it was a mess, it was, but it was, it was, um, it was rock. And it was like the guys in the band were all full on like late eighties rock kind of guys, you know? So it was just like righteous, you know, mm-hmm. but it was just a disaster as far as we we're just all over the place. But, um, it's, uh, I'm, I'm so in love with that. And I need that just like that rock music to be able to make that music with a, a group of people you know or a couple guys who feel it as strongly as i do um because uh it, it's it's quite an outlet it's therapeutic to be able to just get loud you know and close your eyes and just let your body move to it and bob your head to it and and scream if you need to um and there's i mean i think there's both parts of it that i really need and i really enjoy i love being able to just sit down uh, in a winery or a tasting room or wherever I'm playing and, and play something that's sweet um, and something that's heartfelt and knowing that the audience is there with you and just really enjoying the melodic um, parts of it. But um, there's also, there's, there's, you can't move people the same way with that tender acoustic feel as you can uh, with just straight distortion and volume and a killer riff and, you know, a killer, you know, that, that the kick behind it, you know, in the bass wailing. Um, so that really feeds a part of my soul that the acoustic guitar thing just can't. Um, so I, I, I need both parts of that for sure. Where does that influence come from? You think that, that desire to rock out? I don't really know. I, I think you know, it's funny cause I, I, I've always kind of assumed that, um, everybody had that, that thirst, you know, or that, that, that hunger for that kind of music. And I've met people, you know, throughout my life are just like, yeah, it doesn't really do anything for me. You know, Led Zeppelin does nothing for me. And I'm like, wow. what really? Like how, <laughs> how does it not do anything for you? I don't get it. Like listening, you know, to Robert Plant and like when the levee breaks, like, I just can't help but close my eyes and be like, fuck yeah. Like mm-hmm. every time, every time. Or like, um, uh, rage against the machine. It's funny. Like I, I grew up in a very, um, religious household and, um, there were there were rules about what you could listen to and what you could not listen to and i grew so i grew up listening to a lot of more like gospel and folk music and that kind of thing so that's kind of where my roots are kind of in the south and that that kind of thing but it wasn't until i was on my own at like 17 and i remember um walking through the uh the music section in uh, the the walmart that was in our store and just finding bands that i'd never heard of and they had this thing you could just scan it and put on the headphones and um i remember those it'd, it'd give you like a like a one minute or like you know 30 second sample of each song right yeah. and um i found uh, rage against the machine um bulls on parade or um what's the name of that album it's got bulls on parade on it but it's got uh, evil empire it's got the kid on the front with the cape oh yep and um oh my god it was like every song 30 seconds of every song i was like oh i need to buy this 
this. It was just, I'd never heard anything like it. And of course, now looking back, I can see where they got a lot of their inspiration from, you know, it's not like they were doing anything totally original, but, um, the emotion behind it. And, um, I'd never heard anything like it. It was like, I need this in my life. And then as I learned to play more, I was like, I need to make this kind of music. This is amazing. So yeah, Rage Against the Machine and like Nirvana and, and the Queens of the Stone Age. Oh my God. Yeah. Still, I listen to that stuff and I know it's like nineties rock and it's not, you know, necessarily cool anymore, but I, I love it. I love it. I don't know. I, I grew up in the nineties too. And I, I think it's the best. <laughs> so, you know, there's think... a lot of great music that came out of the nineties, especially yeah. in rock. You right. Know? I mean, a lot of it too was shit, but it, right. there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. No, there's, uh, there's some good stuff. I love, I love how in your bio it talks about how you were Southern born, but West coast seasoned. That yeah. Was, uh, was great. So, um, you talked about, um, your, your family was all musical, right? Starting yeah. with your parents, and yeah, you, had yeah. a bu- you had a bunch of siblings too, right? Yeah, there was eight of us all together. Holy smokes! Yeah, but we, you know, part of the culture down there, I think too, especially, you know, you just you went to church, and um, music in the South in church is a little different than you know the worship services here, you know, in other places mm-hmm. where it was just um, gospel, you know, much more soul based, and um, but my mom sang. Um, the choir a little bit and she was always singing around the house gospel music and um and my dad who was doing kind of similar stuff to what i'm doing now during the 60s and 70s he was a solo act doing um you know folk music covering james taylor and jim croce and bars and clubs and stuff in the 60s and 70s and i think he stopped doing that really um when we all started being born you know he just sort of wasn't his thing anymore but um yeah so that's that's just the way it was growing up and then i guess the west coast season thing was just you know it took there was that bass had that kind of a musical bass when i was younger and then you know we moved and i came over here to oregon with a couple spots in between and um and then i moved down to california and spent pretty much the rest of my the rest of my growing up years and adult life on the west coast and just listening to the kind of music that was around you know so and it's definitely got a different vibe and it's a different feel but i try to keep that southern kind of gospely vibe to the music that that i'm making now so. it's it's so interesting because i've had this is episode 11 and when i talk to people about you know what sort of their musical roots and you know what what their foundation was the church thing comes up almost universally interesting as something yeah. that, you know, and, and I don't, it's funny because it's not like I've talked to people who are like leading worship every Sunday or anything now, you know, but right. that, that seems to be such a common thread. I wonder, I wonder what that's about. It's so interesting. I don't know. That is kind of interesting though. Yeah. Cause I always felt like, you know, I think everybody does to some degree. You think your experience is unique and it is mm-hmm. to a degree, uh, but there are a lot of similarities mm-hmm. between that too. Actually, um, one of my favorite musicians and a good friend here in the Valley, um, Nick Garrett Powell, he has a very similar kind of religious uh, mm. background mm-hmm. that I didn't realize until, yeah. until we became closer friends. And um, it's it's fun. It's interesting to, to rehash some of that stuff. And yeah. I'm at this point in my life probably as far removed from uh, religion, you know, organized religion as I've ever been yeah. in my life. And I feel like that's the right move for me, but yeah. I don't, I don't, resent it right like i used to um i don't 
I don't wish I hadn't gone through it. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy that I did now because yeah. it's, it's helped develop um, just who I am now as a human being. Yeah. And I need that. There's something about those. I mean, I grew up hymnals and, you know, something mm-hmm. about the soul of those that just sort of can feed its way into. And I think you talk about Ray Charles. Oh, my God. You know, that's, yeah, totally had his roots in, in yeah. gospel music. You know? Yeah. So that's uh, yeah, just, just an interesting observation as I've talked to people. Um, you, you, you were on your own at 17. Yep. What, what do you remember about that time? Oh, everything. I mean, there was a time, I think, when I tried to block it out but yeah. um yeah it wasn't pleasant at first it, um i don't know how much i can really go into because you know you people live and grow and you make mistakes and you learn from them you yeah. know and i wouldn't want to expose anybody or make it seem like you know people did me wrong i think people do what they think is right at the time with the information given and it was just one of those things i was i was ill prepared for the world at that time, I wasn't exactly fitting in with the world I was in. And, um, at any rate, I was kind of pushed out on my own and, uh, bounced around a little bit here and there. And, um, it's interesting because I was at that time, I w- my head and my heart was so wrapped up in the church and so wrapped up in religion. And actually I was part of a cult at that point. Um, which I got kicked out of. Um, And um, I was, you know, excommunicated and and believed because I was told that, you know, the judgment of God was upon me, that basically his protection was gone. I could die at any day. I just, and I believed that at any moment, I mean, I could be walking down the street and a car was just going to jump the curb and hit me or like I had no idea, you know, but I believed that my life was essentially over at that point. And I just felt like all of my meaning, all of my purpose, like the ground had just been ripped out from underneath me. And I was hurtling just through space without an up or a down, you know, and not really knowing what to do or where to go. Um, and so it was, it was a period of just, um, really feeling utterly lost and just alone in the world, you know, and like, I couldn't go to my family because they were still a part of that organization. And when you're excommunicated, that's it. You know, there's a line drawn and you can't, you can't talk, you can't hang out, you can't, you know, whatever that was it. Um, and all my friends and everybody I knew was still a part of that organization. So it was like, I was trying to find a way to just exist in the world and, and, and be who I was, I had to kind of redefine that. And, you know, when years go by and you, you start to put down, um, roots like mental roots and emotional roots in your, in your surroundings and in people you meet and, um, had to go through a, um, a process of kind of deconstructing brick by brick, all this dogma and all this belief system and this structure of how, how I thought the world was. And you come to find out that it's not really like that. I mean, these are ideas that people try to build for you. Um, but a lot of it wasn't based on reality. It was just based on perceptions of what the Bible said was real. And, you know, it was definitely, it was a biblical thing that they'd taken to an extreme. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that whole, that whole process took time, but there was also a lot of good that came out of that. I think 
I think for somebody to go through their life comfortable and not having to deal with that or not having to question whether they want to be alive or not, or um, if there's anything good for them in the world, I mean, that's, um, I mean, it's, it's good to be comfortable and be happy. I don't want to take that away, but also I think you lose something if you're never forced to really um, face your fears and your existence to begin with, you know, yeah. if you're not forced to hit your own loneliness and your own rock bottom, then uh, you're missing out on an opportunity to develop as a human being and grow. So again, like it sucked. It really sucked. <laughs> I'm not going to take that away, but, but um, I also don't regret it. I'm thankful for it in a lot of ways because um, it forced me to, to grow as a human being, you know? Oh my gosh. And at that point, where are you at musically is where is music in your life during that time and and how did that experience sort of shape your outlet of of being a musician i mean it added a whole new layer of depth and honesty um because i had been playing guitar since i was 12 and my dad had you know started teaching me how to play guitar and and um previous to being out on my own i was in the worship group, you know, playing music and writing songs for the church was all very, um, you know, spiritually based music, but it was, it was kind of just like regurgitating themes and vibes that we would be talking about in the preaching and in the word, you know, um, but none of it was really coming from the depths of my soul. You know, it was just finding things that I could attach to and then support with music. Mm. Um, and I knew, I knew that I had, um, um, I'll, I'll call it a gift because even though I don't really believe that it's a gift from God necessarily, you know, as like the personification of God, there was something that I felt like I just had that I, um, that was like given to me kind of, you mm -hmm. know, or like just, um, that I can't really take responsibility for. Like this is just the passion to do the music, to sing. I always needed to do that. Um, but when I left the church, um, I mean, all of that music and all of that purpose behind you, you just, it all went out the window. And so I had to kind of redefine, um, is this something that I even want to do anymore? Because when I'd pick up the guitar, those songs would come to mind, you know, but I didn't want to play them anymore. I couldn't play them anymore. Um, and then slowly, you know, over a year or two, I was listening to more music, different kinds of music that I'd never really been exposed to and hadn't been allowed to listen to. Um, and it was eye opening, and, um, just what you could do, like the, the possibilities were endless and I, over, it took years to start writing again. But when I did, I felt like it was better music because it was coming from a different place. You know, it was coming from me and it was coming from a deeper place in me. Um, then when, you know, when before it was just coming from those regurgitated morals, there were the regurgitated beliefs and feelings and things that other people had kind of laid on me. You, you talk about that frustration of, you know, you talk about having a gift and having that in you. You talk about the frustration of you had ideas in your head, mm -hmm. but you couldn't translate them to your fingers quite to yeah to produce what happening. was in your head how yeah. did that evolve for you over well, time? it's still evolving it's still a frustration and i mm. thank god for it because i i 
I mean, if I got too complacent and be like, yeah, I've made it. This is it. I'm done. <laughs> I, I, I know that I'd, I'd stop writing good stuff, but, um, yeah, I guess I don't really know how to answer that question. Exactly. It, it, um, when do you when do you feel like you really got to a place where you could start down that path? How did that happen for you? Because your dad taught you when you were twelve, and you know, yeah. And I just kind of I'd learn a song at a time, you know. Yeah. And it was usually James Taylor, which is no easy feat. Right. And even then, like now, I'm not playing James Taylor songs the way James Taylor plays them mm -hmm. because his style is so unique and yeah. so precise that like to nail that, I I mean, you've got to be twice the guitarist I am. Um, and I'm really more of like a rhythm guitar. I always felt like I've, I learned um, guitar enough to accompany my voice. I felt like my voice was my main instrument, but I couldn't just like get up and sing. I needed something to support that. So I started learning guitar. Um, but yeah, I guess I can't really think of like a definite moment, you know, or time when, oh, it's changed. Mm. It's just been like one song at a time either writing one song and it's, it's this one's a little bit different than that one or, or like learning a song and like to, in order to learn this song by whoever it is, I have to learn a new skill and then they should have incorporate that new skill or that in, into my toolbox, into my repertoire. And then when I'm writing a song, sometimes I pull those things out and it's like, Oh yeah, I can use this. This is something James Taylor does that I really like. I can use in this song, you mm -hmm. know, it's a process. Mm, totally. Yeah. Ongoing process. Yeah that's uh i love that somebody i was talking to recently was talking about this idea of mastery and um mastery is not by definition that you've mastered something it's by definition that you're never satisfied with where right. you currently are and that yeah. you're always looking to grow um, which is encouraging yeah it's really encouraging because yeah. it's like okay i don't have to worry about making it right i just have right. to worry about like not stopping yeah and just always growing and always kind of evolving the way i do it so yeah that's much better i like that it's interesting because in a way that's life too right i yeah. think you know you and i are close in age and i think one of the things that you start to you know in your 20s you're sort of, at least this was my experience. You might've, I mean, holy shit, you might've had a different, uh, you might've had to grow up faster than I did, but mm -hmm. you kind of go through this phase where you do, you, you are sort of invincible or you feel like mm -hmm. you might know it all, you yeah. know? And then I feel like it's interesting as we get older, we're faced with how little we do know. Yeah, the reality, the harsh <laughs> yeah. reality. It's the, like, yeah. yeah. Everything you think you know is really just yeah. a story you tell yourself. Right. I mean, and there are some things that are, you know, solid that, that you can yeah. lean on and be like, okay, I know this, but right. the rest of it is so fluid. Yeah. Yeah. And then so we sort of, we, we look to our, you know, people older than us who might be friends or family or whoever. It's like, okay, they have, it's, it's just, there's no replacement for experience. Um, and I think music is is the same way. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, talk to me about your songwriting process. How, what does that look like for you? How do songs come to you? And then when they do, how do you take it from an idea to something tangible? Um, well, it, I, it's different every time. Um, not, not entirely different, but I mean, sometimes, um, sometimes I'm just, 
sitting around like diddling on the guitar, you know, and I'll stumble upon something like tripping over a rock in a field. And you're like, what? that's kind of cool and you mm. dig it out a little bit and you're like oh actually i can do this i can do that. and then it, almost every time for me um it starts with a melody right i find something on the guitar that's just this melody that i'm like yes i like this and i just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and it expands here and it grows there and i'm like oh no let's chop that that's not good and push it out here and push it out there until i find the direction that the song wants to go you know because i like and you'll notice you've listened in it to a lot of my music, there's kind of a pattern, you know, there's an established melody and then it expands a little bit and grows a little bit in the chorus and then it sucks back in again for the verse. And then it expands again for the chorus and maybe branches off for the bridge, but then comes back to that solid, you know, and, and, um, I used to hate that about my music cause I felt like it was too predictable, you know, <laughs> and I wanted to write something a little more, um, archaic and mm-hmm. just you know just keep them guessing but the truth is that um the reason i play music is because i want to connect with people mm-hmm. right and 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 people need that i think a lot of times to feel like they can depend on your song when they're listening to it and not necessarily that they know where it's going to go but that it's 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 familiar enough that they can go with it and they know you're not going to jump to some weird place yeah. you know and lose them um but yeah, a lot of times it just, it, it just starts with the melody. And then, um, before I have a melody for a chorus or a bridge, there's, there's, a, there's lyrics or, or words that kind of come out and sometimes they don't even make sense. It's just the word that happens to fit with that moment and that tune in the song. And I'll write them down and come back and copy or paste or, you know, fix it. So it, it has, um, more, um, understandable like mm-hmm. lyrical path and sometimes it doesn't you're like what are you singing about and i'll be like i have no idea it's just <laughs> i don't know um but then other times um like with the song sweetheart that you and i were talking about earlier that's one of the few times when um i've actually written the lyrics before i even picked up the guitar mm. it was just um and that one really i feel like i can't take ownership of it because I almost feel like Leonard Cohen should take ownership of that song because I was so absorbed in that book. Uh, the book of longings is just a collection of his poetry, which honestly I, I enjoyed his poetry more than his music. Um, but that whole song wrote it in like whatever it was, 45 minutes, 30, 30, 45 minutes, just wrote it down in the book. And then later on, um, came back to it and put some music to it. I was like, yeah, it's so simple. It works. And I love it. it. Got stuck in my head, but uh, most of the time, it's it's guitar first, melody, and then I just sort of let it grow in the direction it wants to grow, you know, and add lyrics after the fact. Do you force yourself to sit down and doodle around to try to help inspiration strike, or does it just strike you? I mean, you talked about you know reading his poetry leonard cohen's poetry yeah well that one's kind of an odd duck right i don't it typically doesn't happen to me like that okay um a lot of times i'll be in the car actually Mm. just cruising along and i'll have this melody in my head yeah and i'll be humming it along or singing along and um i'll have to record it on my phone because i know i'm gonna lose it if i don't get Mm. it down Mm -hmm. and so i'll have like a little selection of just ditties in my phone yeah that are just little 20 second, 30 second clips. So uh-huh. I want it to kind of go like this. Um, 
But as far as making myself, uh, there have been times when I felt like I was in a dry spell mm. and I knew that if I didn't just force myself to sit down and at least an hour a day, and just do it, I wasn't going to do it, yeah. you know, and it is like any other muscle, uh, songwriting, you know, I, or, or singing. If you don't do it regularly, it, it just, it's going to be harder to pick it up, Yeah, you know? So, um, but lately, and I mean, last couple years as lately, um, I don't really have to force myself to do it. I just naturally, you know, pick up the guitar because I love it. It's my, it's my escape. It's my medicine. You know, I was just talking to somebody earlier today about mental health and I've had my own struggles with that in my life. Um, and, um, more than therapy, more than prescriptions, what's really, um, been my, my balm and my, my saving grace has been the music. And so I know that about myself now and to keep myself balanced and keep myself healthy. I, I need the music. You know, I really need it. It soothes me. It's the only thing that really soothes me when I feel like everything else is shit, you know, mm. or feel out of control. Um, so I just do it now. And a lot of times, yeah, it's not always like, I'm going to write a song about politics. <laughs> you know, it doesn't happen right. like that. I right. just start playing music and I'm like, fuck yeah, this song sounds like fuck the government. So I'm going to write this song and yeah. I will, or yeah. this song sounds kind of, you know, like eerie and slightly romantic. So I'm going to write an eerie romantic song, Yeah, you know, and that's just. Tell me about, I spent my morning listening to Neptune mm -hmm. and I, your album that mm -hmm. came out uh, last July. I think you launched it. Or at least that's when Spotify, it was yeah. uploaded to Spotify. Actually, so. yeah, it had been it had been finished for a couple of years, um, but I hadn't put it out there for the world okay. until until Spotify. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I loved it. Um, Thank you. And what if people, before I tell you what, came to mind when I listened to it. Mm -hmm. What do people tell you about it when they hear it? Um, I've heard that it's, uh, it's kind of dark and moody mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, um, I've heard good things about, you know, I really like the kind of haunting melodies, especially that one piece at the very end. Um, I've heard people say there's too much reverb. Oh, it's a lot of that. Okay. Um, I mean, good, mostly good things. Most yeah. of the time people won't come up and just like, be like, Hey, so too much reverb on your album, <laughs> but, but it has happened. Yeah. Um, and, and I was like, yeah, that was actually intentional. Yeah. Um, yeah. we could have cut it back, but I, I really wanted it to sound dreamy and mm -hmm. like echoey and yeah. just layers of, of sound. And, um, I wouldn't change it. Actually, this album is probably is the fastest I've ever produced an album. I've got two other albums in the past that I haven't put up on Spotify yet just mm. because the vibe was so different yeah. on those two albums. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go in that direction anymore. And if I put that out there, are people going to expect that mm. and then be disappointed if I'm in some totally different place, right. you know, and maybe that's just me overthinking it and I should just put them up there for people to hear. Um, but as far as Neptune goes, yeah, I've, I've heard lots of good things, lots of good reviews. People have enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, definitely dark and moody has been a, a consistent theme in the feedback, yeah. which I'm okay with. It is. I mean, it represents kind of a, um, a darker period in my recent past when I was just going through a lot. There's a lot of changes happening. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I guess I'm happy with that. And I think one of the things we love to do when we hear, you know, a, a local artist album is we want to attach it to a recording art, you know, like a, <laughs> yeah. And so I sent yeah. it to a couple people and, and uh, my buddy Kevin texted back and he's like, this is, this is like Mark Cohn. You're the second person in two days to say that. Yes. Yeah. I was playing at a winery last night and there was this gentleman um, who came up. He's like, do you know who Mark Cohen is? Yes. Every self-respecting musician should. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I heard, I heard a little Phil Collins in there. Yeah. Um, Even a little bit. You mentioned John Mayer earlier. I kind of heard a little bit of that, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, even though I think, I think you guys are probably the same age, probably all pretty close in age, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. But one of the things that struck me besides the things you talk about, you know, just powerful lyrics and haunting and really, um, I mean, Neptune is the first song that mm-hmm. I heard and, and that the first couple bars just caught me right away. Um, but the production, mm. I, I loved the production. I I didn't nothing stood out, you know, stood out to me that said, "Oh, this is too much reverb." I did you produce it yourself or what? How yeah, did that... it was just me and a friend, wow. um, um, Mo Talba. Okay, and I helped him build his recording studio. Okay, and in exchange, he was going to help me record an album. Nice. Um, a really good friend, also a really good musician, mm. and uh, one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Dry humor, like you wouldn't know, if you didn't know him, you wouldn't know he was joking. Right. Like, but I love that so subversive in his jokes and yeah. just pa- deadpan the whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I told him I wanted to do something organic and a little more raw mm-hmm. um, because the album before that, Alive, um, I'm proud of it. I love the album, but it was so overly produced Mm. we spent probably eight months wow producing that album and it was so polished everything was so intentional and like so many takes Mm. of things that by the time it was done it was it was this beautiful polished stone that i felt had lost its soul like there was no life left in it because Mm. we just polished every edge and filled every nook and cranny you know what i mean yeah um and um, I mean, I'm really proud of the performances, the vocal and, and musically, like, and all of us working together is much more full. We had a, a keyboard player and um, the bass player, like this whole album, Neptune, um, it's 90% me. Like if there's, if you hear keys or organ, I'm just on the organ hitting this or that. I'm not a pianist, but you know, I can find things. Yeah. And it was just that or me on the bass or doing some basic drums with my hands or... Um, even there's on uh, the song This Town, there's some percussive stuff that's just with my mouth, just audible stuff. But I told him I didn't want to take too much time because I felt like the more time we spent on it, the more life was going to be sucked out of it. Yeah. And I just wanted to get some performances that were solid, that had had feeling, that had heart to them, and then support them. That's it. Like I didn't, I didn't want to try to make it perfect because at this point in my life, I've determined that, that first of all, there's no such thing mm. as a perfect performance or a perfect song or you know unless you're able to like leave it raw and let it be what it is um so it took us probably two months and i went i I went over there probably eight times so just on the on the weekends we're busting stuff out um and that's and 
it, it is what it is now. What was the song that had the uh, sort of the throwback radio vibe, like old school radio vibe? Or um, I wish I would have written it. Probably down. Adeline. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that was. I was like, man, this is this is. Is it the one that has like the radio playing in yes, the background uh-huh. at, at the end of it? Yeah, that's yeah. Adeline. Okay. Yeah. yeah, great song by the way. Yeah, that that just struck me, and you know, I think there's a difference between perfect and really high quality. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, to me, I didn't notice any blemishes, um, but I just, I don't know. There's, I think sometimes um, it's hard to get that really high quality and Neptune really is. And, but you talk about leaving things raw. Um, maybe it's the same song. I, again, I should have written it down, but there's a song towards the end where we can hear your, like your breathing, like, like your breaths are part yeah. of the song itself. Yeah. Um, and I just, I love that, man. It was great. Me too. It was, yeah, it was a happy accident yeah. actually. Um, because that section is from, a recording on my cell phone. Wow. And the song you're talking about is December. Okay. Um, and it was one of those moments when I was at home. I was like, I need to get this down before I forget it. So I recorded the guitar part. Yeah. But I was breathing in the background as I was playing it into my phone. Yeah. And I was playing it for Mo. I was like, I want to do something like this at the end where it just sort of like repeats, but it fades out. And he was like, let's just, use that put your phone up to the mic and we'll record that and just loop it wow. and we did and I, I really like it too it's those little things you're yeah. like it's messy it's a horrible recording audibly you know of of you know my guitar work but it works so well um in that spot we just left it that's what's like, yeah, amazing about oh man it's yeah it's, it, it just it hit me hit me square in the right in the forehead and i was like damn that's that's really cool. So that's Thanks, that's man. crazy to hear that it was recorded on your phone. Yeah, that's that, what that I love section. about. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, you know. It's like I I know we get nostalgic. I think, and we think, man, nothing compares to vinyl and the old you know old school recordings where everything was analog. Mm-hmm. And um, but but then again the things that we have access to and the ease oh, yeah. that it is to, to put something down and, and, you know, people are and all these thre- potentials now of what oh, you can do. It's pretty yeah. amazing too. I think it's hard not to get lost in that. Right. Right. But it, it is great to be able to use that as a tool. Yeah. Well, and I talked to, you know, um, episode four, Adam Knight, he's, he lives in San Diego and he's working with all these people across the world and Europe and producers and working on this album, but it's all—it's almost all remote. Everything That's is like wild. Yeah. I know it's crazy. I'm—I'm the kind of person I'm like I'm gonna—I want to book a studio. I want to go in and you know do yeah. do that whole thing. But um, and and mostly it's because I want to know. Like I—I I don't I I lack the skills to make it sound how it should on my own, and so mm-hmm. um, but it it is amazing. We, it's a whole new world of of recording and. I should brush up on that too, because <sighs> we were talking about looper pedals earlier. Yeah. And that's one of those things that, um, people like Nick Garrett Powell. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
he is amazing. He's Just, on the list. By the way, you know, quick aside, you know a few people that I have on my list that I want to yeah. have come in on the show. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Nick, <laughs> Nick is a hoot. I mean, he's yeah. he's a phenomenal musician, yeah. both singer and guitar player, and he plays piano and yes. drums and like and he does it all, right? Yeah. But he's also just a kick in the pants to hang out with yeah. and just talk to. He's a great Love guy. Love that. Um, but when it comes to uh, looper pedals and stuff, he's so well-versed and he knows how to use that tool. Mm-hmm. Like, And I've seen some people, like we were talking about, yeah. who will spend five minutes right. laying down layers and mm-hmm. you've got to listen to that right. until they get to where they start singing, you know, right. where Nick can throw it in in the middle of a song. And like, yeah. if you don't know what he's doing, yeah. you would have no idea yeah. except that it sounds really full all of a right. sudden. And like, it sounds like there's one three guy. people playing. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would like to get to the point and I, it's just time. I need to invest the time yeah. to learn how to use these tools at my disposal because mm-hmm. they're right there. Yeah. But I've just been so, um, analog guy. I mean, yeah. I'm still, I'm still rocking CDs in my car mm-hmm. man. and like, mm-hmm. um, and just playing stuff raw, just my acoustic and me, um, or electric. I mean, even when I play with the band, I'm not using it. I don't have foot switches. I yeah. don't. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I just, I find the setting I like on the amp wow. and we'll play a couple songs. Sometimes I'll find another setting that I like, you know, but, um, I want to find ways to make it sound different in how I play and, you know, versus yeah. trusting a pedal. But at the same time, I feel like I've, I've cut myself off from a whole other avenue of musicality where I, I just haven't used it. That's part of that journey. Right? I think I'm a little intimidated by it, honestly. Well, if that makes sense. It's so I mean, huge. It's like, yeah. And the time, especially with the looper, Chris and I have spent a lot of time talking about this. The timing has to be so oh, yeah. precise. Yeah. That's why when you see someone who's really good at it. Yeah. Like Nick, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you're making us look bad. Right. 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 But you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't beat yourself up. I mean, there's something to, you've spent your time honing your craft, your core mm-hmm. craft. Right? right. And so we can lose sight of that too. Right. Um, and, yeah, and we all uh, have the things that we are, that we, like you said, we've honed a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and, um, I think, yeah, I've got, I've got things that I'm proud of in my music, in my delivery, in my songwriting, in my stage presence or whatever, that I feel like I have really spent time and thought and blood, sweat and tears on. And, and I know that I've got that, right. I've got these cards for sure. Mm-hmm. And I use those, um, but I would definitely like to expand yeah. a little bit and really teach myself how to use some of these other tools. I feel yeah. like it would come in handy, even if it was just a couple times in a sure. set, sure. you know, to yeah. be able to just throw that in yeah um it would just open things up so much more like oh. slide I'd, yeah. I'd love to learn some slide oh, guitar yeah but it's so intimidating to right. me because i'm like well i don't have that finger now so how <laughs> am i going to keep how am i going to keep the beat going and right. still you know right um but again it's just time 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 mm-hmm. more time practicing and yeah <laughs> that's great you want to play something right now yeah okay. yeah So what are you going to play for us? Um, I think I'm going to play, it's a newer song. I think I wrote it about a cool eight months ago. And we were talking about like the songwriting process and mm. stuff. And it was a song that I wrote because I was frustrated with the process of writing songs. Oh, I wow. felt like everything I was writing sounded the same. Um, 
and you know, sometimes you just, you just, you hit a plateau or something and you feel like, oh my God, why does everything I do mm. look and feel the same, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> um, and it, yeah, it was just frustrating to me. And it was just in a moment of frustration that I just started strumming and I was like, I'm just going to keep playing this. I'm just going to keep playing this. Something's going to come out of it. And I did. And so the song is called Alabaster Sounds and it's just about things, uh, yeah, the, the feeling feeling stuck in that process and and um actually what's cool about it is this the only song like this that i've ever written so it's it's it did help break me out of yeah kind of a rut that's awesome um yeah all right let's hear alabaster sounds yeah Get in my head Somebody stop me I scream what I've already said Come on and let me know If there's a better way To let you down I'll be drifting in this space On someone else's sound in your mind It's not me I'm lost in what you've left behind Come on and let me know If there's a better way To let you down I'll be drifting into space On alabaster sound Come on and let me know If there's a better way To let you down I'll be drifting into space On alabaster sound At a time, I will pour out my mind like the words of a song in the dark when you're gone. Can you hear through the noise of these beautiful boys and the girls on the screen punching holes through the walls of your dreams? Tasted water from the stone. It won't let me in uptown a million miles from home. It's such a pretty sin, this lovely fall from grace. But 
Who's laughing now? Written all over your face in alabaster sounds. Yeah, yeah. These alabaster sounds. Yeah, yeah. These alabaster sounds. Yeah, yeah. These alabaster sounds. Holy shit, man. <laughs> That's totally incredible. different, right? It's totally different than anything else I'd ever written at that uh, point. So I was like, all right, fine. Man. Here, I'll keep you. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. That's a keeper. <laughs> That's Thanks, a keeper man. for sure. How, wow. So where did you... What do you think the main influence of your voice comes from? Because it's so... I don't, there's so many words I could use to describe it. And, you know, some of them might creep you out a little bit, but. Oh, go for it. But, I love being creeped <laughs> well, out. Well, just it's, rich. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd take it. Yeah. Uh, yummy came to mind. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's like super creepy. creepy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a couple mm-hmm. of heterosexual dudes talking, talking about, about yummy, yummy. voices. <laughs> um, mm, but, but just end those, you know. Um, yeah, those parts where you, you know, your, your vibrato and, um, just really solid. Where where do you think that comes from for you? What what are some of those? I mean, you talked about your musical influences, but you know, it's, um, I like writing too. Like I I love writing stories, like short stories and Mm. things like that. And there's this thing, um, that when you're writing, the goal is to find your voice, Mm. right? I mean, it's great to love writers and to write like people, but really you want to find your own voice and then mm. just ride that wave right lead through your own voice yeah. and it's it's real just on a, in a literal way it's it's the same thing like there's so many artists that uh, i'm just in love with their voice and mm. there's been times in my life that i've tried to sound like james taylor or i've mm. tried to sound like ray charles or david gray was mm. a big one i love david gray's mm. voice um and um Jay Buchanan of uh, Rival Sons. I could, I mean, I could just, mm. oh my God, his voice just m- gives me goosebumps, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so there's, there's been times that I've tried to sound, and in trying to teach myself to sound like these people in singing, I've found my own limitations mm. and m- my own, um, like the vibrato thing is something that I don't really control. I just mm. know that there's a, there's this, there's this. Uh, kind of pocket mm-hmm. in it when I'm singing sometimes that if I hit that, it'll just automatically do it and yeah. I don't have to worry about it, but it's just from doing it all the time. Right. Um, but I think the hard part is, is, is not trying to sound like someone else, but just trying to sound like the most genuine me, because when you're doing that, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be natural. It's gonna sound honest, it's, yeah. you know, because there's a lot of bands that I've listened to um, I'm like, oh, this is a great band. And then the singer starts singing and you're like, oh, mm, mm-hmm. they're trying to sound like so-and-so right, right. instead of just sounding like them. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's been other times I've been totally blown away, like, you know, open mic or something and somebody gets up and starts singing and you're like, oh my God, where have you been? Because mm-hmm. you are 100% just authentic yeah. you and it's amazing. And mm-hmm. it sounds similar to this or it sounds similar, but you can tell that they're just it's coming from their gut, you know, mm-hmm. like they're just being them authentically them. Yeah. Um, and that's what I shoot for every time, obviously. And I don't always hit it. Um, but 
That's my goal is to find whatever my authentic voice is. Mm. I want to find that in every song and just, just do that. Yeah. I think you have to write a lot of your own stuff for that to really come out though. Right. Yeah. Well, and you go through phases. Like I I went through a Dave Matthews phase when Mm -hmm. I was just, I was listening to Dave Matthews all the time. And the songs that I were, I was writing were kind of, you know, Dave Matthews esque. Uh Um, and, and it's embarrassing to say that now, <laughs> but, <laughs> no. but I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I was trying to find my voice and I knew there was something about that, that I liked. Um, but I don't want to be Dave Matthews yeah. and like David Gray, there's been times that I've written songs that were David Gray esque. Mm-hmm. And I was going through a thing where I was like, I just love what he's doing. Yeah. And I want to do something like that. But in in that process of trying to sculpt my music or my voice to that, I would stumble upon something that was authentically me. Mm-hmm. And so not to, I, the hard part's not jumping over that to try to get to Dave Matthews or, or David Gray, but um, just be like, Oh, okay, this yeah. is my pocket. Right. This, this one's me. So, yeah, well, I'm, I'm a fan, man. Thank uh, you I very lo- much. Loved it. Love that song. Um, I like it too. It's yeah. Really it's really, really good. And I love, I don't know. I'm a sucker for, the breakdown yes <laughs> uh, just give me more breakdown i love the breakdown just have all a song day it's like 90 percent breakdown <laughs> and a little bit no it's true it provides a little bit of just it lets it breathe you yeah. know and i think uh-huh. it's it's hard to do that sometimes when you're writing music because you feel like oh it's gonna die uh-huh. or uh-huh. we're gonna lose momentum but sometimes you need yeah to give the song room to breathe yeah you know and it actually makes it more dynamic and feel more alive even though you're playing less mm-hmm the other thing is what I loved about Alabaster Sounds, it's actually really freaking hard to write a good, faster song. I don't know that I people know. realize it how is. hard that really is. Yeah, I've tried it and failed many yeah, times. Yes, me too. Me too. And uh, that's that's a good one. That's a good one that's uh, also okay. faster. Because, yeah, that's, you know, it's, I don't know, it just seems easier to me to sit down and write this sappy love song you know that uh but or ballad or whatever Mm -hmm. but but uh you know there's a real risk i think with faster stuff that it's just gonna emulate something completely or you know just be just not have it and uh and sometimes it doesn't man i've got uh, several songs that i've I've Uh, written and that are (laughs) just don't have it yeah you know but what are you gonna do they can't all be home runs and you know yeah I always learn something from those and it's still fun to pull those out and play them. Sure. But, but sure. Like, I can tell that like, okay, this song I wrote six years ago um, that I loved at the time just mm. doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't have it. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's part of that process of mastery, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to hear something else if you're down. Yeah. Um, let me think here. Uh I oh, know we, we, we talked about, uh, you're saying absolutely have to play sweetheart at some point. I don't yeah. know if I'm going to do that now or. Yeah. Gonna... Yeah. Please. All right. We'll do sweetheart. Let's see here. And I need to preface this with, I'm, I can probably hear it in my voice. I've been dealing with some pretty serious sinus Ooh. thing. Could not tell. So I'm going to try to do it in the the regular key. Hopefully it won't be out of my range. (laughs) 
Let me call you sweetheart. Tell 'em I'm a fool for you. You got me going sideways. My mama thinks I'm crazy too. Well, I could be your weekend. Call me Mr. Saturday. I taste like Sunday morning and hold you like a holiday. It's a long day without you, and it's the wrong way waking up without you. So let me call you sweetheart. Wanting you to love me, but baby I'm a burning man, covered in my ashes, waiting on your promised land. I wanna take a hold of you and kiss you like a summer rain. If I could get you dirty, you'd never wanna wash again. No, 'cause it's a long day without you, and it's the wrong way waking up without you. So let me call you sweetheart. Let me call you sweetheart. Maybe he's a good one. Got a bigger bank account laying there beside you, asleep before the lights go out. You know that I'd be crawling up and down your naked spine, wrap you up and keep you in this hungry heart of mine. It's a long day without you, and it's the wrong way waking up without you. Yeah, baby, it's a long, long day without you. Yeah, baby, it's so wrong, so wrong laying here without you. Let me call you sweetheart. Let me call you sweetheart. Let me call you sweetheart. Let me call you.
sweetheart. Oh my gosh. What was the uh, inspiration for that one? Uh, Leonard Cohen's book. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was the one. Okay. Yeah. Book of Longings, his poetry. I uh, just like, I was consuming it. Just, mm-hmm. I remember I was sitting at the Bella mm. actually in Jacksonville. Yeah. I uh, was just up at the bar and I was having some lunch and just reading through and just like, Oh my God, it's so good. Oh mm. my God, this one's good too. Mm. And, um, the words and, uh, part of that melody just sort of dropped in and because the, the lyrics are so in sync with the melody of the guitar, I was pretty easy you know mm. i just had to find what key it was but yeah um like the whole song just was right there at the yeah. tip of my tongue you know so i only had the book with me so i borrowed a pen from the bartender and just wrote down the whole song in the back cover of the book yeah and then got home and figured it out on the guitar and then it was just like stuck in my head for 48 hours wow. just on repeat <laughs> over and over and over yeah. um so yeah and that's it's, it's been very few times in in my life of writing songs that a song has ever come out like that. Yeah. It's usually a lot more work, Yeah, you know, and I'm usually like, you know, quasi satisfied with it, mm. you know, or like, Oh, I'd like to change this or like change that. But the whole thing just, that was it. Like, it, like an egg, it just came out yeah. preformed. And I was like, well, God. I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm uh, not going to expect that every time, right. obviously, because I'd be disappointed uh, 99% of the time, but I was just really grateful. For yeah. That, you know, well, who knows though, maybe it's a manifestation of, all these years of honing your craft, yeah, maybe. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> the muse up above, like we're just yeah. going to give him this. Yes. It's a little <laughs> just, bonus fry in the bag. Here you go, buddy. You deserve that. Uh, a bagling. Yeah. I love thank it. Thank you. Um, you, so you're a writer too, though. You write yeah, stories do. and poetry mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. I um, have, yeah. That is interesting because you're a very, very skilled lyricist, I would say. Um, and I think some people struggle with that. Mm. Um, but you don't. Your songs I do are, struggle with Well, it. okay, let me let me clarify. What I hear is just really good lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um and and I'm sure it's a process and we don't see how the sausage is made, but uh <laughs> it's interesting that connection between writing and mm-hmm. writing songs. Yeah. And and I think um there's definitely a shift like um between my writing writing like like literary kind of writing Mm -hmm. and um vocal writing is uh, lyrical writing is a little different i mean i I feel like there's so much more room in a song to say whatever however whether it makes sense or not because the music and the tone helps to paint a picture which may or may not be the same as a picture in my mind Mm -hmm. you know like when if i'm doing a song i've got images and things that kind of to me, go with the song and other people hear it a different way. I've, I've performed songs live and people come up and like, Oh, I like that song. That's about blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so people will interpret it a different way because the lyrics can be open-ended. Um, where, uh, in the stuff that I've written, like little stories, short stories or whatever that I've written, it's much more, you know, logical in the mm. way that it plays out and mm. you can't help but perceive it a certain way. Yeah. Um, less but, to yeah. interpret. Yeah. Much yeah. less. Uh huh. But I kind of like that about music. Oh yeah. I, I enjoy the, I'm not, it never bothers me if somebody doesn't, um, perceive the message behind a song the way I initially intended it mm. because at least it's creating something 
it's conjuring up its own images in them, yeah. you know, and its own meaning for them. And that's the best. I mean, I, I prefer that. That's great. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like an ending that's up to interpretation. Yeah. 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 It's good. Yeah. I just, I think, um, I've talked to a lot of people who either Chris, um, mm-hmm. who's in my band and mm-hmm. who connected with you, yeah. um, he has an English background. He went to school totally. to study, you know, writing in English and, and he's also a really good lyricist. And I, that there's, there's an obvious, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. When you think about it, um, because I think you just, you're exposed to, you know, being more diverse in, mm-hmm. in your vocabulary and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that and, and going beyond the cliche of what, what That's needs to happen. That's the hard part. Yeah. Is avoiding the cliches. It is. And I find myself doing that in music all the yeah. time. And I'm like, oh yeah. God, you did it again. Yeah. You did it again. Yeah. So you're one of those people who struggles, who toils over that kind of stuff. Oh, like, absolutely. no, I can't do this because that's so cliche. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I shut myself down yeah. all the time because mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, that is so cliche. Right. Could you be any right, more cliche right, right now? <laughs> really? You're going to say baby? Yeah. You're going to say baby again? Right. right. You know? It's like, fuck. Ah. What's another word that sounds baby? Girl. Let's do girl. No. It's like, it's done. And I still do it because yeah. sometimes you got to just throw in a baby or right. you got to throw in a girl, you know? Yep. But um, yeah. you, also, I think it's important to try to say things a different way or yeah. to to try to, you, you can paint the same picture, but mm-hmm. use different colors, you know, mm-hmm. or make it your own. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I look for when I'm listening to music. Um, those are some of the things that really appeal to me. Like, Oh my God, I love these mm-hmm. lyrics. Queens of the stone age is a prime example. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are like, Oh, it's just some douchey rock band. Um, but not only are they amazing musicians, but his lyrics, mm-hmm. when you listen to them yeah. are deep. Yeah. They're really profound. Right. Um, you know, I stumbled through the desert of the mind with no hope. Mm. And I found you, you know, I drift along the ocean in a, you know, just a, a, a lifeboat of the mind or something. However he says that, mm. it's just like, wow, man. Yeah. Like I've been there. I feel that, you yeah. know, the way he says it. Um, and it's, it's brilliant. I love this stuff. I yeah. think that's the artist. Um, I, I don't know if it's a curse, but I think as songwriters, I think we're harder on ourselves to that degree than someone who's listening to the song of is. Of course, yeah. Because I think, you know, a good melody can make up for, you know, yeah. and, and look at some of the people who are popular today. Um, yeah. Obviously, people aren't <laughs> critical consumers of lyrics, but... In general, yeah. Yes. There's that mass. And we've all seen those memes, you know. It's yes, like the, right. The, um, what's, what's her name? Swift, Taylor uh, Swift. Oh and yeah, there's like the yeah. the so and so's breakup song. Like right. there's the tool. You know, right. this is their breakup song, and you read the lyrics, and it's right. poetry. Right. And right. then there's Taylor Swift with so many views and so many. And then her her lyrics <laughs> just, oh baby, 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 I'll never see you again. Right. Baby, 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 I'll never see. You know. Yep. And not to bash Taylor Swift. I mean, she has found a pocket. She's found a market, and she's selling records. Yes. Um. Well, I don't know who buys records anymore, but right. she's selling downloads. She's selling a lot of things. People yeah. are going to the shows. Um. <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's, there's a quality to that that should be attained by it. And we should be harder on ourselves. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. should be. Yeah. Uh, I love your view on it. You, um, I love how you talked about, you know, I, I really, uh, I play music for other people. Um, and yet music has done so much for you. You know, you talk about how you need it, how it feeds your soul and it, and it, and it, you know, 
keeps you from, you know, it replaces some of the other yeah. vices that we might yeah. turn to. Um, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I have plenty of my own vices. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. But um, I think that's so interesting, you know, that um, that push and pull of I'm playing it for others, but it brings me so much joy and, and brings me so much uh just a way to channel, you know, that energy. As you think about your life and if you could go back to 17-year-old you, hmm. what would you tell yourself at that point? I don't know, man. That's a dangerous game. Because <laughs> hmm. anything that I would say to influence, hmm. you know, might change yeah. who I've become. But Right. And not that I'm like some pinnacle of... <laughs> human yeah. expression at this point yeah. but i'm grateful for all that hard stuff and right. that i that there was no one to give me a hand at certain points because i had to learn to find my own earth mm -hmm. or to accept the chaotic nature of the universe that that sometimes maybe there isn't a meaning and mm -hmm. you need to find a way to be okay with that yeah. you know can you still get up every morning and and do things that mean something to you if there is no god mm -hmm. you know if there is no safety net if there is no heaven and no hell can you still find a way to um, create your own meaning for mm. your life. But probably I would just tell myself not to give up mm. because I think it, and I try not to have regrets. I think it's important not to regret things we learn from, you know, or things we've, we've gone through. But, um, there have been a couple of times in my life when, um, I just gave up. Mm. I was just, yeah, I gave up and I was ready to just let it all go, you know, and I really wish that I'd been able to, like hear from a future me <laughs> at mm -hmm. that point, sure. you know, I mean, like, so I remember, I remember just sitting in silence or standing in silence. It's to totally alone in those, in those times and just opening up to like, okay, this is it. Mm. Like if there is a God, if there is a anything, now's the time mm. because I'm done, you know, and just uh, waiting in silence and hearing nothing but the wind or, you know, my own heartbeat in my ears was, um, at the time really discouraging, mm. you know, I, I felt like, wow, I really am alone. There really is no God from heaven. That's going to reach down and like make it all better, mm. you know, or it'll have to shine the brilliance of heaven on me and be like, no, you have a purpose. You know, there was, I, I never had that moment. There was never a, you know, a brilliant aha moment like that. Um, and it sucked at the time, but now looking back at it, it's like, that was a message in its own way. You know, is it, is that you, I, you have really everything you need to live, to succeed, to grow, like stand on your own two feet. You have it. It's, you know, it was in the sound of the heart, my heartbeat in my own ears, just mm -hmm. reminding me, yeah, you're alive. And, and, um, there's a lot of potential and a lot of opportunity and a lot of skills and a lot of strength, a lot of ability all that, that I already have, even when you don't feel like it, it's there. You just, you know got to rely on it yeah. um but yeah if i could go back it's probably what i'd say i'd just be like don't give up man Keep reassurance yeah. yeah and i still i would love at any point to hear from future me <laughs> <laughs> so, future adam if you're out I? there <laughs> <laughs> uh it's uh, there's just so much uh so much i don't know i guess beauty in 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 reaching that point of acceptance I, mean, I think so. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people I've talked to are like, well, man, that's depressing. I guess it depends on how you look at it. To me, I, I definitely, there's, I see a lot of beauty mm -hmm. in those moments. Yeah. Now, you know, as dark as they were at the time, now it's, to me, yeah. it, it's, 
they're they're heavy but they're beautiful yeah mm-hmm. i i didn't i didn't it didn't catch me as depressing okay. I, you know i you hit me square in the face with learning to accept how your experiences shape who you become and that's that's super mature i hope i can get to that point you know and i think that's that's part of that process i talked about but um that's that's what struck me here's a guy who really knows who he is and doesn't have regrets and and appreciates even the time the low points what those have done for for you today Mm -hmm. and uh that's powerful stuff man it's it's powerful to me too yeah when i think about it yeah What's um what's something you still want to accomplish though? Either oh, musically so or things. Yeah, what are they? What are some uh, of those things? <laughs> so it's not it's not fame I'm looking for or money. I mean my my goal as a musician definitely I've got some some baseline goals. Yeah. Right? I'd like to be able to just provide for myself and my kids mm-hmm. using my craft yeah. to be successful enough as a musician to where it pays my bills mm-hmm. and I don't have to worry about paying my bills, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. where it's not a side hustle. It's like, this is, right. I'm, I'm being my 100% pure, like authentic self. This is what I'm here for. This is what I do. Yeah. And it's, it's paying me back. You know, it's paying the bills. Right. So, and in a real practical sense, that's one of my main goals. Yeah. Um, but I also want to, um, I want to tour. I want to, mm. I want to tour Europe. I want to tour around the U S and I've already set up for myself a period of time this summer that I'm going to be doing like a week long tour kind of up and down the West coast, Nice. trying to get as far South as San Francisco and probably as far North as, um, maybe Spokane mm-hmm. and just want to hit a bunch of places in yeah. between. Um, I think I think I'm all like I'm I'm still working out the numbers, but I've figured it out. If I make so much a day, mm-hmm. you know, I can I can do this. Yeah. And it's not like I've got a record label backing me or anything, you know. So right. it's like it all comes out of pocket. But yeah, um, I believe in what I'm doing. I believe I've got a good product that people respond to, mm-hmm. and um, I've got another album that's going to be coming out hopefully this, this summer, um, and um, that I'll be promoting on awesome. tour a little bit cool. so um but yeah i'd love to play with more musicians there's so many incredible musicians up and down the west coast alone yeah. that i've never really had the opportunity to play with that i really admire yeah. and um would love to play with it's awesome so yeah, and awesome. also also developing right now i'm in this weird place where i've been doing the solo acoustic thing for a long time um and i love it um, but I also, my heart's really in the rock and roll thing. And so I've been writing songs on both sides of that line and I'm trying to find a way to incorporate them both into the same animal, you know, mm-hmm. the, into the same product that I can give to people wherever I play. And I'm not quite sure that I've found it yet. So being able to, f- to find a way to really integrate those two vibes yeah. to an audience that would appreciate both, yeah. um, is a goal. Yeah, of mine for sure. Something I want to do. That's a really good goal because there's there's something about something that's you know rock and here's a here's a bass and a full kit and, yeah, and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, but then when you can strip it down mm-hmm. and and recreate some of those elements with just a guitar, I mean that's I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, um, where can people? Because Spotify is great, and I know it's convenient and this and that, but but if you're not 
at the point where you have a major scale of people listening to the stuff. It's millions not, and millions. Right. Yeah, if you're not, not at that point, money. it doesn't. It's not going to help you out as an artist. No. So where can people go and download your album? Because that's or or any of your stuff. Because that's where I want to. I want to. Well, get, it's my album's up on uh, probably thirteen different okay plat- music platforms. Yeah. So it's you know Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, Bandcamp. Okay. And a bunch of others that I don't even remember that I had never heard of before. <laughs> I was like, this is a thing. Although yeah. again, I'm like analog guy, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I still go out and just buy an album. Sure. I'll buy a CD. Sure. And uh, my fiance, she's always making fun of me about right. that. Cause I've got these CDs. She's like, right. who listens to CDs anymore? <laughs> I do. Um, but um, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure you can download um, my album from any of those platforms. Yeah. Right. Um, or stream them. And obviously it's not a lot of money. I think the best way, if somebody wanted to financially um, contribute, they're welcome to just write me a check. No, there will, you go. I will welcome that. I like that. Or come, you know, come to the shows. <laughs> sure. Throw throw some tips in the jar yeah. or buy an album there in person because I usually bring a few copies of my album. Cool. Um, and here in the future, I'm looking to add to that so I'll have more albums to be able to offer. Awesome. Um, and yeah, at some point down the road, I'm looking at just doing vinyl for the for the fun of it but oh, cool i had no idea it was so expensive to mm. get your music have you looked into that no oh my no. god so i was talking to uh aaron reed of the brothers reed okay yeah and i was like hey you guys do vinyl copies of your album and if so like what does it cost to get that done yeah because i've seen people touring you know they have their things set up and they've got you can get vinyl or cd and shirts and whatever right and he was like well it, um to press the one vinyl Album, it's basically two seventy five, two hundred and seventy five dollars per side. Oh my god! So you're looking at roughly seven hundred dollars with the artwork and the you know, little insert, the downloadable insert and stuff. Um, and I was like, no way! Holy like, how do you make money? <laughs> and he's like, well, here's the thing: so you do that once, right? Right. Okay, so you pay the seven hundred bucks once to get this thing done, and then after that, it's like uh, eight bucks an album to press okay you know, and then you can sell them for 40 bucks a piece or right. whatever right um so yeah so in, in the future <laughs> yes when i've got a little bit more financial backing i'll be doing that but cool that'd be awesome in the meantime just having people uh come to the shows and and um you know just seeing people out there like enjoying the music tapping their feet clapping their hands singing along because i do some covers as well as originals and yeah. stuff that i know people enjoy um and throwing some bread in my jar helps yeah or buying an album it's great uh at adam gabriel right on facebook did you get that right okay perfect yeah instagram yeah okay cool yeah go there like like the pages and uh you can keep up with where he's gonna be there and uh do yourself a favor uh get the album neptune and uh go see adam live you won't regret it adam this has been an experience it's for a me. lot of fun man thank thanks you. for having me thanks yeah, for coming over and doing it and uh i'm gonna be leaning on you to get some of these other guests that you know Absolutely. to come in yeah. <laughs> so well, hopefully recommend. you'll give a good enough endorsement where uh they'll want to come too so uh but uh yeah thanks thanks again and enjoy i'm so jealous you're going to the queen uh <laughs> oh, yeah queen the thing the tonight, tonight at the yeah, criterion enjoy that have a good weekend we'll talk to you later all right And that's going to do it for this episode of Beyond the Band. 
If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are now on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify and many others, so check those out. And if you like the show, please leave a rating and review. That helps more people find us. And after you do that, please tell a friend. Finally, if you haven't already, please follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at Beyond the Band Pod. And we're also on the web at BeyondTheBandPod.com. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Okay, I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye. What's poppin'? Welcome to the state of Jefferson. With my boys, Kingston Island. My name is Gemini. We're about to tell you about our state. Oregon, baby, let's go. Hey, baby, this my state. Stay